Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a Sideline Sleuth. Today is, as you can probably tell, not a normal episode. Today is December 3rd. And last year on December 3rd, we released our first episode about the Baton Rouge serial killers. A lot has changed since then, and we wanted to give you a podcast update, some case updates, and stuff like that. And we also wanted to say happy birthday, Happy birthday! So, in our first episode, there were three of us. Me, Jasmine, and our other co-worker, Nas. The good old days. Yeah. Nas doesn't appear in any of our other episodes, though. Sad day, as he would say. Yeah, and we never addressed that. So Claire, a librarian friend of mine, mentioned it once and was like, is this a Sideline Sleuth original mystery? What happened to Nas? And I was like, no, he's totally fine. So nothing sinister happened. He just had some other things going on in his life with his family and personally, like he was in grad school working on his master's. He's so, doing big things. Yeah. He realized that the podcast wasn't really something he could do right then, which is understandable. And he still listens though. So, hey Nas. And we regularly talk about the podcast and cases and things like that. So yeah, He still likes crime. Actually, one time he called my, my office. I might have told you the story. And I was like, library. And he was like, so Kenny. And I was like, Kenny is one of our assistant principals. And I'm like, what about Kenny? And he's like, bro, what the happened to Kenny? <laughs> and I was like, what is he talking about? And then I was like, oh, Kenny Veach. <laughs> That's like, exactly oh, our response yeah. to what happened to Kenny. Yeah. So, but I was like, why is he asking us what, like, what happened to him? I don't know. So... When we started doing episodes, we had no plan, like literally none. We did that first one, and then after Nas stepped out, it took us a couple of months to regroup and decide what we wanted to do. And then we were really inconsistent. We didn't start posting episodes weekly until the first week in May, when we discussed the disappearance of Molly Miller and Colt Haynes in Oklahoma. It's like really hard for me to believe that's true. It felt like we... It's all a blur. Yeah. But yeah, we did nothing in January and February and most of December. It was probably a pop in January and February. So really, we've only been doing this for like seven months now. That episode is really what put us on the map and skyrocketed our listener base. Jasmine and I spend a lot of time working on this podcast, and to see it take off the way it has is really cool. Really fun. I'm super proud and grateful. So... Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. When we first started doing this, I had no idea if anyone was even going to listen to us at all. Like, I remember a coworker asking how many plays we had, like, and I was like, eight. <laughs> like, we're killing it. We're like, eight, eight people listen to us talk. And that was like, <laughs> the first week or something, but yeah. So we talked about true crime at work a lot, and we thought other people might like to join in the conversation. But I really didn't expect it to go like this as fast as it did. Yeah. We love reading your messages, comments, and reviews about how much you love the show. So keep those coming, and please tell your friends about us, too, if you can. We are in the process of having other logos and designs made so we can have merchandise. We're thinking, like, T-shirts and stickers to start off, but we'll keep you guys updated on that as the plans get more concrete. We have about 50,000 total plays right now, which is crazy, but so cool, and we really need to get that merchandise thing going because we have plans for when we reach 100,000, which will be here before we know it because 
Like, I remember I post, like, 5,000 updates, and it keeps getting shorter amount of time between <laughs> the 5,000. So that's neat. So our podcast is on Facebook and Instagram. So if you're not already following us, you should definitely go do that. On Mondays, we post a preview summary about that Friday's upcoming episode, and we share photos and stuff there, too. The other day, a listener named Beth commented that she loves that we provide case updates about the episodes we do. A lot of people have reached out and asked us to provide updates about some cases, and I knew we would do it at some point. So we're going to do it today. We're going to give you a quick update. So first, episode five, the murder of Tom Brown. (sighs) Crazy stuff. And I never thought I would feel emotionally connected to another case like I do about Tom Brown, but I do like every time but I mean I have a Tom Brown t-shirt and I have a justice for Tom sign in my front yard you do have a t-shirt I've seen you wear the t-shirt yeah people are always like what's TKB and I'm like Thomas Kelly Brown and I tell the whole story and there is a justice for Tom sign in my yard and people ask my landlord all the time why I have this (laughs) sign that says who killed Tom they're like what's going on at your house and they're like "Mm." but justice for Tom so He's a high school senior who went missing in Canadian, Texas in November of 2016. His remains were found in January of this year. From the beginning, lots of people questioned the handling of the case by the Hemphill County Sheriff's Office, with others thinking that the Sheriff's Office might even be the people responsible for his death. Well, there's been a lot of updates in that case. So... January of 2019, Tom's body was located. We say that in our episode. But what I didn't know then was that the rumor is that Deputy Pine Gregory is actually the one who found him. Like, I think he was looking for something. Like, I don't know. I feel like, antlers keeps coming to mind. But I really don't know what he was looking for. But, like, it was, early, like, 2 in the morning or something. And this guy's, like, walking around looking for something. And he finds a body that everybody else has been looking for for two-plus years. Just- he just finds a body. The weirdest part of it was he was out on the search that night in yeah. that area and chose not, not to, go to go there. in that area yeah. around the same time, wasn't it? And he's like, yeah. oh, no, I'm not yeah. about to get off my ship. I was shift. about to get off. Let me take your brother home. Yeah. But on this other day during apparently. Two plus years later. Yeah. I'm going to find it. Even not though. Only that, I'm going to work overtime. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that episode, this is like, it's weird to say you have a favorite episode, but like, because they're all tragic, but this is my favorite episode. I just, I don't know, I've. I'm in the Moms for Tom group on Facebook. If you're not in it and you want to be, go do that. Um, I'm also the point of contact for Dallas County if you want a sign for your yard. So let me know about that. Um, They ask for a $10 donation, but then you can have a Justice for Tom sign. And I've briefly interacted with his mom on social media, but I don't know if she knows that I am who I am. Like, I don't know if she knows I'm the podcast lady. Or if she knows about our podcast because she likes it on Facebook. And when that happened, I had a mini fangirl moment. And I was like, this is Tom Brown's mom. But anyway, in April of this year, Hemp Hill County attorney Kyle Miller said that they would no longer be accepting cases for prosecution submitted by Deputy Gregory. (gasps) Miller's letter basically said there were, quote, factual issues associated with him, which called his credibility into question. Kyle added that in multiple cases, there was a, quote, lack of sufficient probable cause and or misapplication of the law, end quote. Wow. So it's just like a huge vote of no confidence on any case that he's... Yeah. So then in May of 2019, he got fired by the sheriff's office because, like, you can't use him. He can't do anything. Yeah, because everything the, he touches. They're like, mm, garbage. Tainted. Yeah. So. It's a little late for that, guys. Yeah. But, but at we'll, least he we'll found it. Tom's body first. I thought maybe he got fired before he found Tom's body, and that's why he went and found it. Like, but no. 
totally found it first. But they did something to him to piss him off for him to, like, not really rat out his co-workers, but at least let the body be found. Yeah. Okay, maybe. In August of 2019, the Office of the Attorney General in Texas suspended the investigation into Tom's death, saying, quote, Throughout the investigation, evidence has been discovered and obtained by various agencies and thoroughly analyzed. There is no viable evidence that would lead a reasonable person to conclude that foul play led to the death of Thomas Kelly Brown. This included evidence related to manner of death, cause of death, or evidence of a specific suspect, end quote. Which, y'all know, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I remember being, like, pretty dumbfounded slash... Well, like, like mortified when I heard that. Whenever we do episodes of the death is like questionable, I call the episode the death of, like yeah, the death of death Julia of. Davis or the death of. I can't tell you because it's the episode that's coming out this Friday, so never mind. <laughs> um, but Tom, I didn't say that. I said the murder of Tom Brown because to me it was like a no-brainer. Obviously, he was yeah. murdered. Yeah, especially because he was like in communication with his family saying, "I'm coming home." Like, yeah, and like the oh, distance okay. between his body and his vehicle and. Like, none of it makes sense. So, yeah. I never even crossed my mind that people would think that it was a suicide. Like, not so I was like, the murder of Tom Brown. And now they're like, mm, there's no reason to think it's a murder, and y'all are stupid. Um, but I have, like, zero faith in Texas government for the most part. Oh, okay. Sorry, that was really, like, an extreme. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wow. Extreme it is something. Like, I, recently, they Recently, we like, did something. Yes, and we'll talk about that. That's awesome. Okay, so I have... <laughs> I have limited faith in Texas government. All right, all right. We'll take it. On November 4th, so about a month ago, Klein Investigations, the private investigative firm that was hired by the Brown Meek family. And that we love. That we love Phil Klein. Shameless plug. <laughs> issued, yeah, we should get him some business. Yeah. Issued the following statement on their Facebook page. Quote, we humbly disagree with the findings of the attorney general regarding any suggestion of suicide. We have reviewed the evidence and we simply do not see it. However, we continue to gather information regarding this theory. We are treating this case as a homicide. We firmly believe that the evidence points this way. Today, we released the luminol photos and tests that we completed inside Tom's car. As well, we released to the public today the photos of the cadaver dog on Tom's car upon inspection. This case is very fluid. We garner tips on a daily basis and work those tips 100%. We are dedicated to Tom's memory." End quote. And we shared that post on our Facebook page if you want to see those luminol photos. I think a lot of people are invested. Like, I will just stumble across people that yeah. are like, Tom Brown! Yeah. Like, whenever people ask me, like, what's the case you're most outraged by in the last decade? I'm always like, Tom Brown, Canadian, Texas. Like, yeah. what? I mean, also Julia Davis, which is our next one, but hold on a second. <laughs> so, on November 12th, so just a few weeks ago, Sheriff Nathan Lewis submitted his resignation and stepped down <gasps> as the sheriff of Hemphill County. Finally! I didn't I didn't know Amen. that. Amen. Yes. Wow. I mean, I, I just it doesn't feel like justice, but it does feel deserved. Like at least he's like not going to in like use his role as justice like lot to do shady things. Like wow, he wasn't he's he was a questionable dude. But he is no longer the sheriff and this dude Brent Clapp, I think he was before. Anyway, he said reinstated. So at some point, I think he must have been the sheriff. I don't know. Oh. But Chief Deputy Brent Clapp is now the sheriff of Hemphill County. So, yeah. Amen. Okay, so our next one, episode seven, the death of Julia Davis, 
we did a poll on Facebook and Instagram recently asking listeners what their favorite episode of ours is. And I did this poll wrong, BT Dose. Can we <laughs> just that, laugh yeah. about that for a second? I was like, oh, I want to participate in the poll even though I'm part of this podcast. I, I did too. And, and then I just, I did it wrong. So. But, so, <laughs> but by an overwhelming majority, Julia's episode one. Like, there was like four other episodes that were suggested. Like, I said Tom Brown. Um, you said bathtub murders. My brother said Sydney and Neo. Yeah. Yeah. Then there was some Kenny Beach, and then like okay, okay, there was maybe like six other ones. But then like everybody else on both platforms were like Julia, 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 Julia. So on November second, what would have been Julia's twenty eighth birthday, her mom Kim made a post on the Justice for Julia page that started, "quote My daughter was struck with her own car, and I can prove it." End quote. <gasps> What a dramatic pose. I know. She mentions the Investigation Discovery episode that aired over the summer about Julia's story. It's called Still a Mystery, Secrets in the Cars, if you guys are interested in watching it. I won't read you her whole statement, but she did say that recently, like mid-October-ish, they used luminol on Julia's car too. She said, quote, it indicated there was blood on the front of her car, all around the headlight, on the passenger side, behind the grill, and under her car. Further testing is being done as I post this. And then later she continues, quote, My daughter's case shouldn't have never been closed. The police have lied. They have slandered my daughter, painted her as a drunk, a drunk driver. In all actuality, she was a victim, end quote. And in my unprofessional opinion, yeah, we, yeah she was a victim. Somebody ran her over with her own car. And because it, like, just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, just like, the physics of it, which I'm also not a professional. I'm not, not a physicist, physicist but, like, I am familiar with the laws of the universe and what is possible and what's not possible. And I think I might have actually said that exact thing in her episode. Yeah. There's just too many things that, like, if I can explain, okay, well, maybe this is why that happened. There's still, like, 35 other things I can't explain. Yeah, that was wild. Even, like, yeah. I've re-listened to that episode and I still can't wrap my yeah. head around it. It's our longest episode, but, like, has to be that long because it's so much That's stuff. mind-bending. Yeah. I, both of these episodes, I think, are going to get solved. Yeah, like I really enough attention. Yeah, I think Tom great. and Julia are both capable of being solved. Like we're not gonna forever be like, what happened to Tom and you know why is her Julia's killers just you know hanging out? And so then we'll do another update episode and tell you when that happens. Yes. Our next episode is episode fourteen, the disappearance of April Peace. No, there's updates. Not so much about April, but about Cedric. Yes. So. Cedric Marks is the person of interest in her disappearance, and if you listen to that episode, you know that he was arrested in connection with two homicides in Texas in January of this year. His pregnant then-girlfriend, Maya Maxwell, was accused of being an accomplice in those crimes. Well, she gave birth in June, and DNA testing was supposed to be conducted to see if he was the dad. And he said he was the dad, but there's been no post about that. But in August... So, not that long ago, the DA announced that they are going to seek the death penalty against Cedric <gasps> for his role in the murders of Jenna and Michael in, yeah. like, Temple, Texas of this year. But he has pled not guilty. His attorney said that Cedric was not surprised that the prosecutors will seek the death penalty and, quote, is anticipating his day in court when his story is told, end quote. Eek. He's gross. And... <laughs> yeah, just well put. Um, one of his, like old co-workers or something messaged me on Instagram one day, well, messaged the podcast, and was like, holy crap, like, obviously we know that he killed Jenna and Michael. This is the person saying this, not me. Um, and she was like, we had no idea that he'd done all these other things. Like, he was almost living a double life. Like, this person knew him from his, like, self-defense kind of 
classes. Yeah. And then he was actually, like, doing this other stuff. So he is thought to be involved in April's disappearance and disappearance of this other dude named Andre. I remember. So if April and Andre were both killed by him, we don't know because they're still missing, and Jenna and Michael, I think that makes him a serial killer by definition because he's killed four people. more than three. Yeah. Or three or more, right? Yeah. So... Dang. And he's calculated. That's also another thing if you're saying that that person, a co-worker of his, mm -hmm. says that, like, she was so surprised. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that... I feel like that shows. If you can mislead people and have people so comfortable with you but then on the back side of things the American people it, but like obviously not tell you who this girl is okay it. here it is he used to teach self-defense classes to women at our gym and lectured me personally on the dangers of closing the gym alone making sure I was quote keeping myself safe I oh. trusted him and all of our friends trusted him Oh, doesn't that sound like the way that an untrustworthy person gains your trust in order to take advantage of you? Yeah. yeah. It's like the stories are like the people that, I don't know, she said, commit crimes against women are usually someone they know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like 80-something percent of them. I, that's an old statistic, so it might not be true, but probably is. So the girl continued, when you guys talked about him teaching classes and saying he was probably intimidating, I got chills because he honestly wasn't. He was so kind and funny and lighthearted, and when people met him, they thought he was a good man. No one would have thought he was intimidating because no one knew his background. None of us knew about April or any of his criminal history. He did teach classes to young children. My friend's young daughter was coached by him to learn MMA. The whole thing is so sad. He really falls into the psychopath narrative because he tricked everyone. I was going to say that, but then also not a not a... Not certified or licensed yeah. to diagnose people. Yeah. But, but I try. Yeah. Not judging, but judging as always. Oh, so judged. So our next episode is 29, the murders of Kaylin Klosterman and LaShonda Childs. So initially, Trendell Goodwin, mm. the man accused of LaShonda's murder, entered a not guilty plea. I can't stand him. Yeah. At the time of our recording, he had entered a guilty plea in the shooting death of LaShonda. But after we recorded it, but before it aired, he withdrew his plea and <gasps> fired his attorney. So, what? Yeah. What a scoundrel. Just own up. Yeah. People saw you do it. Yeah. You post it all over the internet. What? No, that was no, the other no. guy. Oh, that was oh. who we're going to talk about next. I mean, no. but there was like a trail before he did yeah, it there was on like the internet, a on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, he was commenting like, she was saying she was so afraid of him and he thought and he was going like, to kill her. Oh, and girl, he was like, love me. girl, you keep coming back. Stop. Yeah. yeah. So the other one we're talking about is Jesse Allen. And he was the man who was charged in Kaylin's murder. And he was supposed to go to trial in mid-November. But on November 1st, he pled guilty to murder and admitted to killing Kaylin. Wow. So there were some things I didn't know that I actually learned from an article about the plea. Like that he provided a full confession to police when they took him in. And also that he took them to the location where he ditched the murder weapon. All the news reports were like, and the murder weapon was also recovered. But like he was very cooperative. And he took them to where the murder weapon was. And he told them everything like... From the jump. So. Well, to be, I mean. That's what, you, that's what Trendell should do about LaShonda. Yeah. So he told police that he shot Kaylin twice after he got angry because she was talking to a male coworker on the phone. But then he paused and shot her two more times. Jesse was sentenced to life in prison and he is eligible for parole after 25 years, which means he'll still be hella young and I'm not sure how I feel about it. But Girl, we got to stop making these enemies out here mm-hmm. in these streets. They're going to get us. Yeah, especially. <laughs> yeah, so at sentencing, he told the family that he was sorry for what he did. And her family was also given the opportunity to talk to the court about Kaylin. So between the time our episode was recorded and Jesse's plea, 
I spoke to Kaylin's dad, Andy, a few times. And he told me a lot about Kaylin, and I could tell how much he loved her and how much he's been hurting in the year since he lost his daughter. I also received some messages from some of Jesse's family members and from an account in Jesse's name. This whole case is sad because two families are destroyed and hurting. Kaylin's family will never get a chance to see their daughter again and watch how her life would have unfolded. And Jesse's family is also grieving from the loss of not having him present in their everyday lives, too. So they aren't going to get to watch his life unfold either. I hope that his plea and the family not having to go through a trial brings them some kind of peace, though. Yeah. And then episode 34. And perhaps the update that has received the most news coverage is the murder of Stacey Stites and the conviction of Rodney Reed. So if you listen to that episode, you know that in 1998, Rodney Reed was convicted in her murder and sentenced to death. His execution was scheduled for November 20th of this year. Since his conviction, new evidence, new witnesses, and new science became available. The forensic experts the state used in 1998 to convict Rodney said that they got things wrong, and their original statements were not necessarily accurate. He had exhausted his pleas and was weeks away from being put to death. But on Friday, November 15th, the Texas Board of Pardons and Parole recommended a 120-day reprieve for the case. But then hours later, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals halted the execution. They said that the evidence must be tested and kicked the case back to trial court. So this means that presently, Rodney Reed does not have an execution date. Which is... Hallelujah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, just shows you, like, the power of, like, social media and enough people, like, bringing attention to it. Yeah. And just to be clear, Governor Greg Abbott did absolutely nothing... And the appeals court is who deserves all of the thanks. because. Yeah. But then he, like, had the nerve to tweet later, like, for oh, those of you messaging me about Rodney Reed, the Texas Court of Appeals. So mm-hmm. you were aware. You were just ignoring all of us. Cool. Anyway, there has been a lot of discussion about other crimes that Rodney was accused of before Stacey's. And yeah, I don't really – brought that up. Yeah. I don't really want to talk too much about it, but I do want to say a few things because, like, misinformation drives me crazy. And I'm a librarian, so, like, credible sources, folks. So mm-hmm. – Those crimes, no matter what they are, are not what he was on death row for 21 years for. So if Rodney committed another crime, he needs to be charged, tried, and convicted for it. But he cannot be put to death for those crimes until that's happened. So lots of people were against exonerating him for Stacey's murder because they thought he did something else. And that is not how the justice system works. It shouldn't work that way. Yeah. The only crime his death sentence was about was the murder of Stacey Stites. He cannot sit on death row for other crimes that he's never even been charged with. Maybe he did them and maybe he didn't, but he deserves a day in court before people just assume his guilt. I read comments in true crime groups on Facebook saying like, you really want this man free? Not talking to me, but just like post. You really want this man free? He's a rapist or something like that. And if he is a rapist, he should do time for that. But if he didn't yeah. kill Stacy Stites, he should not die for that crime. Yeah. He shouldn't be on death row for murder if he raped someone. Yeah, and it's not even the same victim. Yeah. So there was some talk about him maybe sexually What's assaulting. Wrong with people? Yeah. Can I just come on, y'all? There was some girl and through. Sean King called her out the other day. Some and she's like she got a blue check next to her name, so she's sort of somebody who said that Rodney killed this other woman, and then Sean King was like, That woman is alive today. So like you just murdered somebody in your narrative who is a living person. Like so what but are then you typing in on Google. You know how many, okay, you know how many people were like, Oh my just gosh, I'm so glad click, he didn't the click. position. He killed somebody else before, and I was like, Oh my gosh, no, he didn't. But 
There was some talk that maybe he sexually assaulted a 12-year-old girl, and I saw the original police documents from this, and that girl said she knew her attacker and she named him. Like, another man's name is on that document, and it's not Rodney Reed's. So that girl, her best friend from the time, who's now a grown woman, right, she came forward and she was like, no, we know who raped her. She was my best friend in the whole world. It was blah, blah, blah. I don't remember his name, but it wasn't Rodney Reed. And it says that on oh, the police God. report. It, it says never any it was that never it was Rodney. Rodney. But then I have no idea how that got all twisted because the little girl, it's awful what happened to her, but Rodney didn't do it. And she told you the day it happened that he didn't do it. She didn't even know Rodney. So she didn't say like, she said the man's name who did it to her. And somehow the internet decides to take that and run with it and be like, and then he also raped, we should definitely kill him for Stacy's murder, even though he didn't kill Stacy because this one time he raped this 12-year-old girl who says he didn't rape her, said somebody else did, and you can't be put to death for a crime that you've never been charged or convicted of. I'm going to need these internet peoples to learn how to do a basic Google search for one name. You can put in quotation marks. It helps you narrow it down. It really does. It really, it, that's basic now. Yeah. Or... Get off these interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> They're not for you. There's a whole class in your library masters called Information Organization and Retrieval, but it's really just how to Google effectively. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what it's it is important. these days. So, Hot mess. Hot these documents mess. about that, that child sexual assault are available online, so y- y'all can see them for yourself. And if you don't want to search them, journalist Sean King posts them on his Instagram page. So yeah. at Sean King, S-H-A-U-N King. So if you don't want to Google yourself because that's hard or something, look him up. <laughs> but anyway. More enemies made. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Y'all are so smart. We love everyone. Yeah, the, our fans are fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You guys all know how to use the Google. <laughs> but anyway, the good news is that Rodney Reed was not executed on November 20th, and the evidence is going to be tested before any future decisions are made. Yay. And so they'll try him. If they need to. If they need to. They might just dismiss it. Yeah. yeah. I saw this cool. thing the other day that said... The Texas Court of Appeals is nine judges, all Republicans, and all white. So and if they, if they, he must have a case. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I also think that, you know, to end things on a high note, I feel like we're in a time where people are just, they're not necessarily staying behind the traditional lines of like, you know, parties. Yeah, whatever yeah. their parties are. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe social media is part of what compels them to do that. Yeah. Maybe they're more visible than they used to be. But regardless, I think we're moving forward, and yeah. that's really awesome. And that was really that was the justice system working there. So yeah. if you think about like snaps for them, the I guess the racial and or political alignment that may have allowed Rodney Reed to be convicted in the first place. Yeah. So it's 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 changed, and yeah. uh, we got to celebrate that. Yeah. yeah. Celebration. So happy birthday to us and. Yeah. Yay, justice system. So Yay, earlier when I said system. I have no faith in Texas, I, was, I forgot about this for a second, so. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. pep talk at the end. Yeah, <laughs> new faith in Texas. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sidelinesleuths. And if you haven't already had the chance, Please rate and review the show on iTunes, Facebook, or any social media or streaming platforms available.